Hey, what's up, guys? This is Grant Schwartz with the Conscious Athletics Podcast here for another episode. If you guys are looking for more information on what we're doing here, please take a second to visit us at ConsciousAthletics.net and or Conscious Athletics on Instagram. This episode is brought to you by Be Cool, Be Smart, Be Alive, teaching our youth their rights and how to de-escalate. For more information, please visit BeCooler.org. keep saying that not live but definitely direct that's gonna be my that's gonna be my my line here moving forward but um here for another episode of conscious athletics you guys know me grant schwartz um but super excited to have this guest on today uh longtime friend uh super super uh successful awesome personality great perspective on on the subject matter that we're going to be talking about today but um, a man of many names, but all of them very, very nicely uh, prompted. Uh, Darrell Johnson Koulianis or, or DJK, DJ Cool, Relly, um, you name it. Um, uh, so Relly, a little background on, on Darrell, is a, is a Youngstown native, uh, grew up in Youngstown. Started off in high school at, at, at Youngstown's finest at Campbell High, but um, had to make that jump to, to Youngstown Mooney which if you're familiar with high school football or definitely familiar with Midwest football, Mooney is, a, is an absolute powerhouse. And Darrell had a great career there. I, I believe I was doing a little bit of a Wikipedia on you, my man. I, I think you were first team All-State, both junior and senior year. That's correct. Yes, sir. I wore that, wore that number 15, which uh, again, if you know stuff about Mooney is the, is the number to wear there. So he was, he was the next guy carrying, carrying the, uh, the, uh, the torch. Um, went on to have a, a super, super successful career at, at Iowa, um, cover Sports Illustrated, uh, man was doing things and, um, you know, and then life, life kind of caught up with him as he was making some transitions, um, as we'll hear about, but ended up, you know, playing some time in Canada. And I think, I didn't know that, I thought that, did you, did you spend some time playing some arena football as well? I did. Yeah. The Iowa Barnstormers. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll touch on that, but. Um, now Darrell is is, is uh, coaching uh, uh, football, uh, offensive coordinator at um, is it Theo Theo? Yeah, it's Teal Teal, just like yeah. the color. Got you, Teal University, yeah. and is is that where is that in Pennsylvania? Yeah, so Western PA. So Teal is um, we're we're far far west PA. So okay. Youngstown is northeastern Ohio. So I'm yes, about sir. 45 minutes from campus to Youngstown in a vehicle in um perfect that was kind of the big draw for me uh you know coming here is 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 kind of one being able to get back home I was out in I was out in Philly uh out in central PA for like eight years and okay. and then when I was looking to take that next step uh in my coach career the stars kind of aligned for me to get back home but yeah definitely uh western PA that's what's up that's what's up well um so then I'll digress a little bit and I, I kind of want to hop back and, and give the people some context as to to who you are and, and how you got to where you are today so let's start let's start with talking about so you started off obviously uh from Youngstown you know maybe talk a little bit about you know kind of your early come up there and then I know like I said you started at Campbell High School and then ended up transferring to Cardinal Mooney what what was that about and, and, and kind of you know let us know how that started off yeah so you know born and raised um on the east um, um, 
I was with my mom, my, my biological mom. She was 14 when she had me. She was, she was four. She was pregnant with me at 14. She had me when she was 15. And my dad, my biological dad, uh, he was older. He was like in his, in his mid twenties. Um, he ended up passing away. Um, yeah, soon after I was born. So I know I don't have any recollection of him and, um, I don't remember him at all, but uh, you think about, uh, you know, when you were 15, if, if you can even remember that far back, um, uh, kind of what you, where your mind was, what your perspective was, what were your priorities, right? Yeah. You're still a baby. And then, you know, imagine trying to raise a baby. Right. So, um, uh, so grew up, you know, I was born on the east side of Youngstown. Uh, my single mom, uh, she had me. She was still a baby herself, trying to figure out life and navigate uh, some of the challenges and obstacles of being a single mom. Right. Uh, we would move from town to town. You know, we would get evicted from here, evicted from there. She couldn't pay her bills, so we would have to move. So through that moving from town to town, uh, I got to know everybody from everywhere, right? right. And this was prior to uh, me becoming, you know, sort of a local football star, right? So right. then we, we moved to, you know, in our sort of uh, nomadic lifestyle, we moved to Camel. And we moved to Camel. We lived in this uh, two, two bedroom apartment, small bedroom apartment. I was in the fifth grade. And when I moved to Camel, uh, I met uh, my now family. Uh, but what happened was I came home from school one day and my biological mom, I, I walked into the apartment and all of the furniture um, and all her belongings were gone. And so was she. And, um, and before that, I started going home. With my brother, Steve, who was now my brother, but he was my, you know, my good friend. And I met Indoni, who's now my cousin and, and also my best friend. And yeah. I was spending more and more time with them. And then, uh, you know, my mom, Lauren, she, you know, she would take me to school, you know, and she would pick me up from school. She started to buy my school clothes. She started to go to family dinners. And, and that process uh, slowly and slowly took over. And then when I came home that day, uh, my mom had moved out uh, unannounced, didn't inform me. Uh, my, my, my adopted mom said, hey, you know, this is it. You know, you're ours now. You're with us. Uh, this is permanent. This is what we're going to do moving forward. So I moved Man. to Campbell, was uh, unofficially adopted by the Koolianis family. That's um, right. and, and up until that point, you know, I didn't have, you know, I was behind in school. You know, I didn't have the structure I needed. I was, um, you know, I was, I was, uh, I wasn't where I needed to be at that juncture to be on schedule, to be qualified for college. So I had to, to make up a bunch of ground academically, um, you know, from my, uh, say, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade year through my senior year of high school. And then, um, you know, once I got to Camel, um, I was adopted into this Orthodox Greek family, you know, which, you know, changed my perspective. I was subjected to things and a lifestyle and, and values that I didn't know existed, a really a life in a, in a, in a world that I didn't know existed. You know, I grew up in you know, you know, up until the fifth grade was, was just constant turmoil. Right. And, um, but I was, I was always happy. I was always happy. I was a min minimalist. I didn't need much to be happy. I had my bike and, and I right. was doing football every summer. And, and that's just all, that's all I knew. Right. That's right. all you know, you're a product of your environment. And then of course I go into being, you know, really living in poverty up until the fifth grade. And then I was fortunate enough 
You probably didn't even know though, right? Like it was, it didn't even occur to you that that's what hey, was that's going all, on. That's all you know. I didn't feel like I was at a disadvantage. I didn't feel right. like, you know, I was poor. I just felt like this is all you've been subjected to. I'm just, you know, another person in the world trying to figure it out. Right. And then I get adopted into this Greek family. And why me at that time? Uh, you know, that's a question I still ask myself, uh, you know, 36 years into my life. Uh, yep. But it was the greatest gift, the greatest blessing. Uh, and, and that, that occurrence really transformed, you know, my life. It, it allowed me to accomplish things and see things and uh, that I would have never, ever seen, never, ever experienced. And, um, you know, it, all the way up until today where I have two beautiful boys, um, you know, I'm, I'm living my dream as an offensive coordinator for a collegiate football program. And and from from and everything in between and and all yeah. that was all made possible due to the fact that my mom Lauren and my dad Tony, uh, my dad was a gynecologist, uh, yeah. my mom when they met in in in, uh, in the hospital, my mom was a nurse at Sadie's Hospital, okay. and then they decided to take me in and then uh, the story started to be written. So you just yeah, you met you met Stephen and and Adonis through just school and and hanging out playing ball yeah so and, yeah so were they. When I moved into that apartment, Steve lived the one block up from those apartments on the corner. And okay. we were in the same grade. So we were kind of friends, but we, we kind of grew closer and closer from fifth grade on. And we were kind of all in the same friend group. But what was ha what happened was I was I was walking to the flea market one day and those guys were playing football on the side of the house. Yeah. And, and they invited me, you know, invited me over, you know, invited me to play, not knowing that, you know, that was my thing. <laughs> About you to shake I mean? people up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Absolutely. So, so uh, and then you know they had like you know they had four wheelers and all these toys and all these uh, oh, things yeah. to ride and like I'm like wow you know what I mean I'm in the garage like dang what you know what what is all this stuff and then my mom ended up inviting me in we always talk about that I was like wandering around in the garage and then never left man never left she just saw something special in me and that's so uh, special man yeah it's crazy and then so. Um, but yeah, so, you know, and then over time, you know, through school, I started to go home with Steve and, and uh, you know, we were polar opposites. You know, he was like Mr. Academics, Mr. Arts and Crafts, and I was like Mr. Popular, Mr. Athlete, athlete right. you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, but, but opposites attracted that way. And then um, my senior year, uh, just as I was getting ready to graduate, that's when we made the name change. So that's when I got yep. the Queenis name added, um, you know, right. to to my name rest is history after that man that's yeah. i mean come on yeah and then uh you know at that juncture i was a you know high school senior um you know it was very clear that you know i had some some gifted ability to play the game of football and uh life was amazing every day you know life was amazing because you know whether it was all the accolades or the recognition or you know it was clear that i was getting ready to um achieve another milestone with you know, playing college football, which was a, a far-fetched idea, right? right? When I was poor in poverty and living in Youngstown and, you know, just, you know, trying to figure out where my next meal was coming from, when I was going to see my mom again, you know, she was, like I said, there would be, you know, there was nobody waking me up for school. There was nobody making sure I had school crows I was fed or I was getting picked up. It was just, and I didn't, like, again, I didn't feel as though I was uh, at a disadvantage and so now, you know, you fast forward to, you know, my sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school, and, and I feel like I'm one of the privileged ones, right? Because I got right. two parents. I got 
all the best school clothes. Everybody in town knows my name. I'm a football star. And this is, you know, now I'm in these after school programs, getting my grades in order so I can be able to achieve that goal. You know, people knew me everywhere. I went from being a nobody and in, in, in poverty to, you know, being a, a local celebrity, you know, within a few years, uh, simply because two people felt that, you know, they wanted to give me a life of stability. And, and then really the journey started to really, really move fast and unfold. Yeah. Yeah, man, that, that story gives me gives me chills. It's, it's absolutely incredible. The fact that they were able to extend that type. Of, I don't even know if kindness is the word like it's hard to even quantify <laughs> what, what you know what, what I mean, the, man, like that's just such such a special thing that come that came from deep inside their souls to do that for you. And I mean, if, you, if you're not familiar with with the Greeks of Youngstown, um, <laughs> they're 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 a rambunctious bunch, but they are a loving bunch and they are um, about their own. They take care of themselves. And, you know, it's kind of funny, like uh, with, with you, Darrell, I mean, you know, I was, we were both out of the 06 class. So we're both getting recruited at the same time. Um, obviously both to Ohio state, you being from Ohio, me being from California, I think that might've been the only school either way um, that we, that we shared. I just remember hearing your name a bunch. And then I, I think you had like a, a really good all-star game or something like that. And a lot of the guys on, on our squad had, had been talking about you. So I knew your name before we even started playing at, uh, you know, respectively at Ohio State and Iowa. Um, but I just, you know, the way that it shook out and the fact that we ended up becoming uh, good friends the way that we did, I just, I always kind of felt like we were fated to meet each other. And that's Bro, sense. I say it all the time because it was the same for me. You know, at the time, you know, you got, okay, you're seeing, you know, Ohio State sort of my dream school was your dream school. And, you know, I'm seeing our, who are they signing, who's on their board. You know, at that time, you know, we're reading the message boards, right? So I'm doing, of course, like, Grant Schwartz guy, blah, blah, blah. Then you fast forward and Donnie goes to Ohio State. <laughs> All the people on that campus and at that institution, and you guys find each other. Man, they, have you have we told you the story? Have we told no. you? I know I'm sure we have. How we did have. it happen? Where did you meet? It's 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 one of the funnier stories. So we moved. So first year, obviously, you know, we're on campus per the rules of the of the team or whatever. But second year, we get to you know moved off off campus housing. So we 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 move into this party house off campus. I'm with Kurt Coleman, who I who was the first guy on the podcast. So the guests will, will know who he is. Um, and obviously, Darrell, you know Kurt well, but. Uh, no. Uh, moving with Kurt and, and some other uh, knuckleheads and and we have this 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 shanty house on campus meant for only partying you've, you've been there a few times oh my god um, but we you know we had this back parking lot right and it was our parking lot we paid for it quote unquote whatever and you know how that goes with the parking on on uh, college campuses so the first couple of days we're in there well this white fucking armada keeps parking in our spot okay like we're like, what the fuck? Who is this person? And so like, you know, we're doing the passive aggressive things. We're writing notes. And then like a, a couple of days later, next thing you know, homeboy's flying an Iowa flag on his door. Well, he lives next to, to two Ohio State football players. So we're like, who are these people? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and so it, it comes to it one day, we, 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 we cross paths with Adoni in the parking lot. And we're like, bro, like you can't be parking here. Like what is going on? Like, and you got to take that fucking Iowa flag down. Like, you know where you're at? Like kind of shit. That is hilarious. I never heard this. And so we start going back and forth and, and you know how guys are. I feel like if you, if you've gotten in the chirp session with a guy, you usually generally ends up you being your buddy of, yeah, yeah, no doubt. yeah no doubt exactly so we end up becoming buddies and, and we get the story we get the story behind the iowa flag and i'm like no way that's your that's your cousin i know him I, I've, I've seen him through the recruiting cir circles yeah, and yeah, blah, yeah. blah 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 yeah. 
And so that's when we obviously, when you would come out and, and then I went out and make some trips to Youngstown, I think I even went out to Iowa a time or two. Um, but that's when we, that's when we linked up and it really was, it was, it was hilarious. And then getting to know you is like, you know, it's, it's like a brother from another man. It's just you know like what I mean? Like we knew each other our whole lives. We're the same type of person. Same person. Exactly. We even played ball the same way, which was, From which what? was funny. The, we the whole, both, you know, the quarterback thing and then the transition to receiver and yeah, yeah. bro. It was just, yeah. So that, so, that, that piece, you know, how we, our, our relationship came about and grew. Um, you know, it's just fate. Like you said, just some things you, you, you can't write it. You can't make it up. You know what I mean? So that's right. And how much he meant to me. And then, you know, you guys not only became friends, but you know, best of friends, you know what I mean? You oh, were man, like, this... We saw you as family. You know what I'm saying? So it's just to this day, man, to this day, no doubt. Um, when when yeah. the last time you seen those guys? Uh, I see Skevo pretty often, as often yeah. as I as often as I can see everybody. Skevo uh, Zambellis, who's Adoni's uh, younger brother, I'll probably have him on as well. He he was a, he's an athlete, a former athlete as well. He moved out here to LA, but um, yeah, I see Skevo as much as I can. I don't really see many people besides my family these days, to be honest. But uh, yeah. Yeah, um, right? he, he's he's the top of that list. And uh, Adoni Adoni comes out here pretty often more often than he does than you would think yeah um, so so i get I, I still get i still get a link with those boys and I, I cherish that friendship very deeply but i mean yeah it was just it was just so funny how that connection was made and then we, we get to know each other and like i say we're cut from the same cloth and so like i i always watched your career um from afar you know uh, being being at school and, and kind of seeing and, and watching that progression so I know you you mentioned that you know how state was your was your dream school um you know ended up not working out for you in, in that aspect but you landed at Iowa what was that like and was Iowa like you know besides Ohio State was that where you were going or were there a few other universities that you were considering yeah so once it was clear that you know me growing up in northeastern Ohio right I'm from Youngstown right I'm yeah. I'm Jim Tressel is you yeah. know synonymous with Youngstown and then he you know he transitions to to Ohio State after, you know, his run at, at Youngstown State, winning those national championships. And, um, and I remember watching Ohio State teams in the fall and watching some of my, some of my you know, my idols play and right. that, uh, you know, Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, right? Just some of those receivers that played Santonio Holmes and oh, yeah. David and, Boston, Terry Glenn. David Boston, uh, uh, Brian Hardline. Uh, Brian Hart, shout out Brian Hardline. Uh, just so many, Maurice Claret, you know, was, yeah. was to come and see me at, at, um, you know, my, my, my middle school and his, his mentor became mine for a couple of years. And he used to, he used to land, he used to, he was always in the paper and his mentor became my mentor because he got word that I was going to be kind of the next kid coming up. He would bring them to see me and he would bring the newspapers and then I would laminate them. He would sign them for me and I would laminate the newspapers and I would have them all over my room. And right. uh, those, you know, I was, those got lost. And uh, <clears throat> my mom, it was one of the places we moved from uh, when we got evicted, one of the times they got lost and I never, those were somewhere in the world, God knows where, but yeah. So, you know, Ohio state was, it was, it became the only place. Once I realized that, you know, I could sort of pick my school. Right. Um, uh, it was Ohio state. I would go up there. I've sat in Daryl, um, coach Daryl Hazel's meetings, um, you know, with Ted Ginn and all those guys. And, I was going up there for spring and spring ball and 
it was like I had an Ohio State Letterman jacket. It was a done deal for me, bro. So <clears throat> even through my senior year, I was still not qualified, right? This is when right. you had the clearinghouse and you had to have the certain ACT score, right? Yep. I was still working towards that. I was leaving Mooney halfway through the day, my senior year, to go to another school to get credits you know, to get all my, my grades right where they needed to be. Right. Because right. I had, like I told you, I was just so far behind that way. Um, sort of at the, you know, at the 11th hour, you know, I got the ACT score I needed. I got um, everything I needed. Uh, and what happened was Ohio state had one scholarship left. Okay. So um, I've got a great relationship with Hazel. You know, we're, we're, we meet with Trestle. He knows who I am. Um, Coach Hazel and Coach Trestle told me that we got one scholarship left. Uh, it's going to be out of you and a guy named Ray Small. And, yeah. and uh, okay, I said, okay, you know, this, hey, this is a, this isn't a, this is a good spot. I mean, I'm in a decent spot. I can accept this. This is, Right. You know, when you talk about, hey, if you would have told me 10 years ago, you'd be in this spot where, you know, you're you're in a, you're in a position to potentially get a, a full ride scholarship to the Ohio State. Man, I'll take it every time. So um, I go on a. I go on an official visit. And uh, Heartline was I believe he was my host. OK. And this is when. Um, this is when. Who else? So was I I know you guys had a. I know you guys had a time then. So it was uh, like that would that, that would have been like uh, that would have been like Brian Robisky. That would have been. Bro, that's uh, the actually was. It was Brian Robisky was my host. Robisky, yeah. Robo was my host, yeah. and that's when all those guys were out there. AJ Hawk, all them boys, them crazy linebackers, Schlegel, yeah, all so that team was just. Carpenter, yeah. you know, you, uh, Schlegel was the what? He's the center. Was he the? He was the he was uh, Schlegel was the was the middle linebacker, and then you had like, okay. weak weak side, and then I think okay. Bobby was the strong side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, so Hazel and Trestle tell me after, I forget, we were up there for some, maybe it was a spring practice or spring game or, uh, you know, maybe it was camp. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, he said to me, he said, we got this one scholarship left. It's out of you and a guy. It's out of you and another kid. Well, this kid, other kid happened to be Ray Small. And at yeah. the time. Glenville Pipeline, yeah. Glenville pipeline was rolling. Yeah. They were just, it was a, it was a tunnel system where these guys were just pumping them there. Coach, 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 uh, again, had, it, uh, he had all his guys, you know, throughout yeah. that roster for years and years. And, you know, when it came down to it, um, coach Hazel called my phone, you know, me and my aunt, me and my family were anticipating this call. Mm -hmm. And, uh, whenever he would call me, it was always great enthusiasm. He was like, what's up D you know how it is, you know, yeah. Right. But this time when the phone rang, I I answered the phone. So hello. Hey D, model tone. Like real yeah, like I, I know that I know that tone well as well. <laughs> so I, I, I already knew based on the tone, G, where it was going. Yeah. I already knew. Hey, so you know, I've talked things over with coach. Um, you know, I think we're gonna go in a different direction. We're gonna, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, we're actually you know, kind of shock. You know, I'm doing the math. Okay, he's from Youngstown, blah, blah, blah. We got a great relationship. Hazel loved my parents. You know what I mean? We had a great time. We came up there on multiple visits. 
So they go with Ray. So now at that point, I'm not even planning for anything else. Like it's, I'm Ohio State. It's done, bro. I got my grades. I'm, it's lit. So that's probably your first, that's probably your first experience as an athlete of of rejection because it generally doesn't happen. It doesn't It doesn't happen to guys like us until we get to to college. And there it was, you know what I mean? So that's like any aspect of life because you know how it is when, when you're, you know, it's very clear that you're going places and the way people treat you and right respond to you and, you know, everything is, you know, you're the greatest in your little bubble, your little world. And then, but again, as much of a heartbreak as that was, you have to keep perspective on that's the Ohio state, right? That's the best of the best. You know what I mean? So, and then, and this is, you know, just to fast forward a little bit, it's like, okay, I always, and I tell people to this day, Iowa and Ohio state are in the same conference, power five, big 10 conference, but Ohio state is in his own tier of college football, right? You want like yeah, I, I can go to to Iowa, right, and become a four year starter, graduate as a school's all time leading receiver, and go to Ohio State and potentially only start my senior year. Shit, like yeah, that's yeah. you yep. get what I'm saying? Like maybe totally. yeah. It's just a different level of talent, and, and so I think after the smoke settled, um you know, keep in perspective, um, I'm, 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 I'm accepting a full ride scholarship to a big 10 institution. If you would have told me when I was five years old, growing up on the East side of Youngstown, that one day I'd be the starting quarterback at Cardinal Lee high school. I would have told you, no way. If you would have told me that one day you go on, accept a full ride scholarship to a big 10 institution, become a four year starter, be the only yeah. receiver ever to lead the team in four years in a row land on the cover of Sports Illustrated, have a kickoff return for a touchdown versus Ohio State, have three touchdowns at Michigan in the Michigan. big house, right? Yes, be, a, be, a, be a two-time first-team all-Big Ten, Big Ten receiver, I would have said I would take that deal every single time. So then it, it was about maximizing the opportunity that I had. That was still yeah. a grand opportunity. Now – no, you know what no, I mean? No, absolutely. I was, you know I was top 25 program and, and, yeah. and, you know, consistency is, is the name of the game for them. Um, but like, just like that, like, so like, okay. So like you get that call from coach Hazel, then like, what's, what's that next step? Like, because I know your head spin at that point. I, and, and, and especially being a young kid, you're like, fuck that. I don't even want to fucking play football anymore. Right. You know, salty obviously not being serious. Absolutely. Yeah. Salty for a minute. So when the Ohio state deal fell through, this is how we got to Iowa. So when I, when Ohio state fell through, we went, me and my dad went to Michigan and we sat down with Lloyd Carter and I'll never forget this. Me and my dad are sitting across from Lloyd Carter in his office. And he said to me, yeah, we know who you are. You know, we've been sort of recruiting you because, um, who the hell was the quarterback coach? He's the head coach at Bowling Green now. Leffler, I think it was. Okay. Um, he was writing me all the time. I think I found a note from him. Um, I was looking through something when we were moving. And so I had Michigan sort of, you know, I knew they were, they were loving me up and giving me a bunch of attention. And that, yeah, I knew that was kind of like, you know, that, that top tier in the conference, you know, it was just, to me, right. it was just Michigan was second. So we went out there, we sat down with coach Lloyd Carr and he said to me, I'll never forget this. Me and my dad to our face said, listen, I don't think you're good enough to play here personally, but we'll give you a scholarship. Maybe some ignorant us shit, man. Yeah. So me and my dad, me and my dad looked at each other. I swear to God, this 
the truth. God honest truth. We looked at each other. We, sh- I stood up, shook his hand, and we walked out. True story. Couldn't believe it. So that's crazy, bro. Was it going to Michigan? And then, for whatever reason, I just didn't know enough about Wisconsin, and I don't think they were recruiting me real hard. So, yeah. Uh, um, you know, then there was Michigan State. So Michigan State at the time were going through a transition. This John Smith coach was on his way out. They yeah. had no stability. You didn't know who was going to become <laughs> the next coach. But at that time, Grant, Coach Pat Narduzzi, who was the head coach now of Pitt, was a Youngstown guy. He was, Him and D'Antonio were, were at Cincinnati. They recruited me hard, bro. Hardest I've ever seen somebody recruit anybody. I mean, it was a firsthand experience because it was me. He was everywhere. We went to dinner. I was at the dentist. He popped up all over. <laughs> it was crazy. So, I love that. Uh, but they were – the Big East was sorry at that time. Like, I just right. – I didn't want to go – you know, they were play- – Syracuse, Cincinnati. It was just not a good conference at the time. Okay, so then in Iowa – was like the first big time school to recruit me. Like it, Ken O'Keefe was my offense coordinator. He recruited Northeastern Ohio. He said to me, I'll never forget this. We came into Mooney. He said, listen, if you come to Iowa, and he was recruiting before that. He came to, he came to Mooney. He said, if you come to Iowa, you're going to be a four-year starter. He said, that I can promise you. Yep. And he was consistent for two years. Stayed in touch. And when the Ohio State deal fell through, I said, you know what? I got to a point I said, I'm going to go out to Iowa. So I didn't know, you know, at that time, I'm a high school senior. Bro, if you gave me a blank map, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I knew it was somewhere west, just not sure how west or, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Demographic, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I fly out there on my own. In the summer, because remember, I'm a late qualifier now. It's getting late. Camp's in August. The first right. week of August, it's like late June, early July. And Damn. that's crazy. And I got 60 scholarship offers on the table. So I went to Iowa for a weekend, bro. They they rolled out the red carpet, right? They that's where the that's where the nickname DJK that's where it started. Really? Right? Did, yeah. they, did they did they like did they blast that out there and make you some custom well, stuff? And well, because it then it was another thing that happened. I played in the Big Thirty Three game, right? Yeah. And uh, that was Ohio versus PA. Ray Small yeah. was on my team. <laughs> there was like there was all, like between the two teams, I want to say fifty Power Five guys. Like, oh yeah, Stacked. I end up being I end up being the MVP of that game. Now, I was salty because I'm like. I'm Ray was at practice, bro. I'll never forget this. This cat, um, this one, remember the chirp phones? They were like oh, walking. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. had his phone in the huddle at practice. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, this is the guy. That this sounds like Ray, Ray. This is the like kid Ray. they're giving my scholarship to. I couldn't believe it. I said, nah, I'm about to make sure I, everybody has no question at the end of this week, because it was like a week deal. You go out to Hershey PA and you stay with a host family and you, you, you know, there's like uh, the make a wish piece to it you know you 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 hang out with you know less fortunate kids with disabilities and stuff like that it's like this whole week so um i was the mvp of the game touchdown throwing running and catching and um so i was the mvp of that game herb street said 
to Kirk Ferentz at, I forget where they were. He said to him, you're getting the best player out of Ohio in this class. That was including Beanie Wells. So I'll never forget the first day of second day of camp. Coach Kirk Ferentz came up to me and goes, yeah, Kirk Herbstreit told me you're the best player out of Ohio in this class. And um, when Kirk made that statement, or Kirk Herbstreit made that statement, that shit set like a wildfire on the internet. So right. then you know, my high school highlight tape was pretty sweet. I was like, we got an Ohio State type caliber kid that fell to us. This whole, you know, DJK was Reggie Bush coming to say, it was like, I had to live up to these expectations. And I came in, I remember thinking, so I, I get to Iowa, you know, I'm a quarterback my whole life. You know, I make the decision to transition to receiver. And uh, I remember, you know, my first couple of weeks, I felt like I'd never played football. I, you know, it was like new <laughs> the transition to the, you know, you think, hey, I just run down the field, make a left-hand turn, and I'm open. No, there's, yeah, you know, how do yeah. I attack leverage? How do I attack coverage, right? There's yep. there's the, the, the pace of the game is faster. The guys are bigger, stronger, faster. You're not just head and shoulders the best athlete on the field, right? And then I'm not touching the ball every play. There was like this whole, like, overwhelming, I'm 10 yeah. hours away from home. Like, it was just. You know, I, know it, and I remember the guys I always, always say, bro, we thought you were so cocky when you got there. And the, <laughs> that's how the perception was. But it was more like I didn't talk to anybody because I was like, I didn't know anybody. And I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like, it was right. the first time in that environment. So when I heard that yep. years later, I'm like, no, bro, I was shaking in my boots. Like, I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh, yeah. From oh, home. yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this. So um, Ken O'Keefe was there from the beginning, bro. And I said, you know what? I'm going to reward. I left Iowa. I loved it. The, the, the college town, the way it was structured. Uh, oh, yeah. And you got to remember, Iowa's different. It's not like, say, for instance, Pennsylvania, okay? So you think about Pennsylvania. What do you have? You've got Penn State. You've got Pitt. You've got the Sixers. You've got the Flyers. You've got the right. Phillies. you got Villanova. you got Temple. you got Spons. all these schools, right? Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, all these brands in the state of Iowa, it was the Hawkeyes, the Feld team there. So yeah. when the DJK was born, bro, and then I started making plays my redshirt freshman year. I'll never forget we're playing Wisconsin, my redshirt freshman year. One guy gets kicked off the team for credit card fraud. The other guy, who's I'm like third string X at the time, one guy gets kicked off the team for credit card fall. The guy in front of me tears his Achilles in the first quarter of the Wisconsin game. We're playing Wisconsin at Wisconsin at night. I'm up. Oh, you're up, buddy. <laughs> I know like a third of the playbook, maybe. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Um, yep. I'm out. I, I, they put me out there, bro. And instincts just took over. Yep. Started one-handed touchdown in the back of the end zone versus Wisconsin. Tie the game right before half. And after that point, I never came off the field. The next four years. And, um. But again, going back to your original question was it came down to, you know what? When the Ohio State thing fell through, bro, I rewarded the guy who was there from the beginning, who was loyal, who kept his, you know, he ended up keeping his word, me starting four years. And, uh, you know, like I said, if you would have told me at the end the way, you know, how it went for 90% of the experience, you know, I would have taken that deal every single time. So that's, uh-huh. that's how we got to Iowa, bro. Yeah, I mean, and 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 the rest wrote itself, like I was saying, and it's just so crazy, like those decisions at that time, because you are only 17, 18 years old, 19 years old, and you're making these decisions that are going to going to shoot you in a, in a direction. 
that you have no idea where it's going. You could have come to Ohio State and got lost in the shuffle and, and nobody ever knows who DJK is outside of Youngstown. Or you come to Ohio State and you ball out, vice versa at Iowa, you know what I mean? And like, that's just, it's, it's such a, it's such a, a heavy decision for, for a young person to make. And I mean, I, I obviously remember going through the same process and for me, it was Ohio State in Oregon. Oregon was the school that I, that I was, okay. really cons- okay. was really considering besides going to the Buckeyes, obviously growing up with my dad and all that kind of stuff. That was my dream school. But, you know, as far as like the, the recruiting process and the love that they were showing me and all that kind of stuff, Oregon was that school. And I'll never forget Coach Neal. And so I got recruited as I was recruited as, a, as an athlete. I wasn't recruited as a, as a safety, as a receiver, nothing. Every school I talked to was like, we're just going to you're going to get here and you're going to we're going to see what's what's good for you. And Coach Neal, who I don't know if Coach Neal is still the, the, the DB's coach at Oregon, but he was for, for years. And he goes, look, Grant, he's told me straight up. He goes, do I think you're good enough to play at Ohio State or schools of the like? He goes, absolutely. I wouldn't be recruiting you if I didn't think that. He goes, but my greatest fear for you is that there's going to, you know, there's going to be four more guys just like you. He goes, you come to Oregon, you're going to sit, you're going to sit, you're going to redshirt your first year because we got a guy by the name of Patrick Chung. <laughs> Yeah. But but after that, you have my my full hearted agreement that we're going to let you compete your ass off to be our starting safety. And, you know, that obviously that spoke to me. But, you know, when Ohio State came and finally, uh, you know, made that offer um, midway through or kind of the beginning of my senior year, it was just like I forgot about all that other stuff. And I went to Ohio State. You know what I mean? It's and the like, Mecca, bro. It's the Mecca. It's the yeah. Mecca. It's the Mecca of college football, bro. People. It really is. It really is. And people ask me, like, man, were you afraid of, like, were you going to get lost in the shuffle? Or, like, you guys had this many safety recruits or blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, bro. Like, I was trying to, like, I, I knew all that stuff, and I wanted to go there because of it. Because I wanted to be the baddest motherfucker at the baddest place. Now, looking back from my 35-year-old self, as a business decision, it's like, okay, are you going to put yourself in a position where you have an opportunity to be, maybe be a three, four-year starter? Or do you go to Ohio State and you, and you, you know, the, the dice is on the floor? You know, maybe maybe you make a different decision, but, you know, you have to live with with what happens in those moments. And and so it's just so interesting that like everything kind of came together and Iowa was the place that that you ended up. And, you, you know, you went on to have this 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 awesome career. I think, honestly, probably the two of the best games that that we played in that I played in at Ohio State was against Iowa, my, my our junior and senior year. Yeah, those, um, are fun. those are fun. I mean, those and, fun. And it was funny because by that point we were friends, and yeah, yeah. And, and and to see to to be running behind you as you as you're, uh, you know, taking that kickoff into the end zone was was a funny uh, bit of emotion to be honest with you. Because <laughs> I, I, I had a I had a smirk on my face, I had a smirk on my face as I'm as I'm running behind you, and I'm like, damn. Uh, and I just because I I had known all this because at this point we had, I had heard these stories and I just I felt good for you, man, because that that moment to have all that kind of stuff in the background and and then to show up on that on that stage because that was a, that was a, a trip to the Rose Bowl was on the line there. We ended up winning. Oh. Uh, we ended up winning on a on a on a walk off kick. So I mean, that, like it doesn't get it doesn't get higher than that. Late in the season, night game, and you return that touchdown, and so. You know, it just seems like everything is going in the right direction for you. And, and, and you know, all of these all of these dreams that you had since a little kid are, are coming to fruition. Um, and, you know, you get towards the end of your career. You, like you said, you lead the team in receiving for four years. I think you left Iowa as the all-time leading receiver. I think what the guy who got you got you by one reception I was looking at. One kid. <laughs> one kid. They, had, they, had they had this OC, um, Greg Davis, okay? He, he, so he was there. He had like a three- or four-year stint. And uh, he used to run. I'm not kidding you, bro. This was like the big knock on him. He used to run. 
if it was third and seven, he would throw a four-yard pass. Like, they would throw negative routes all game. <laughs> the guy who ended up having more catch, he must – that's why there's such a gap between his yardage and mine. Screens and negative plays, he'd have, like, nine catches for, like, 36 yards. Right. So, you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, how is that even- Hey, you know, I'm gonna be honest. No, no disrespect to dude because he had a lot more career catches than I did, but I never heard a homie. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I never heard crazy. a homie. So my, you know, I mean, I was, I was pushing the, we were pushing that ball, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. At any rate, yeah. um, and just to go back a little bit too, one point I forgot to mention was the Pat Narduzzi piece. Pat was from Youngstown. That's right. And they they wanted me to go to Cincy. The right after I signed at Iowa, bro, they took the job at Michigan State. I couldn't mm. believe it. That's where I would have been. I would, and then it's it's just Bye. amazing. So you think about okay, think Great about presence. this. You think about, you know, the career I was able to have at the school I ultimately chose. But what if I went to Michigan State? What if I went to Ohio State? You know, there's. So, would have I would have never maybe landed on the cover of a sports show. There's so many things. It's just amazing how, and I tell my guys now, life is about decisions, and those decisions you make will dictate the course of your life, mm-hmm. right? It, it's just, it's unreal to think back about, you know, where I ultimately went, you know, and then going there, you going to Ohio State, Donnie going there, you know, the, the, my career working out the way that it did, um, does that happen if the timing's different in Michigan State, the new staff gets there, or yeah, it's just amazing how shit plays out. But you, you just don't know. But I think the important thing about what you were doing there, and I think for anybody who's listening who's in a similar similar situation, is just like leaning on on your support system. You know what I mean? Because because we mentioned as an 18 year old kid, there's no way that you could have the perspective to make the proper decision. And, you know, to, to have that opportunity to have people in your life, like, like your, uh, you know, your adopted father and those coaches at, 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 at Mooney and, and the other Youngstown people around the area, like you were mentioned with, with coach Narduzzi, like just listening to, to what they have to say and, and like helping them push you in the right direction. Like, that's always so important, man. I talk about it all the time. It's just like, and, and, and sometimes it works out in as, as a negative for us. And sometimes it works out for a positive, but we just got to be so meticulous with the people that we're surrounding ourselves with, because I think the easiest way to think about it, man, and we can all we can all relate with this, but it's like somebody else could sit down with with their problems and start having a conversation with me and I have all the answers. But we flip the conversation around and start talking about myself and I'm 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 a lost puppy. You know Isn't what I mean? Amazing? Isn't that incredible how that works out? It is, man. It is. And so like I just think I think a lot of times it can be overwhelming, but you know, take that opportunity to reach out and you said like, you know, the the, the mentor, the guy that was with 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 Mo Claret as well. Um, you know, people who have been there, people who have experienced it, because at the end of the day, most of the people who have done it, they want to help others experience that. And they want to help others, uh, you know, achieve those things. So, you know, take that into account. And that's, I think, one thing that that probably definitely ended up helping you in that situation. But that being said, uh, Darrell, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all, you know, rainbows and flowers at, at, at Iowa. I, I know that you had a, had a, a up and down relationship with Coach Ferentz. And, um, you know, so you, you're coming into your senior year, you were, I think you were at least you're all big 10 first or second team your junior year um you're on a bunch of the watch list for for you know what was coming down the pipe you're coming off the that uh, sports illustrated uh cover coverage so people knew who you were um you follow that up with another extremely solid senior season um you know talk about what happened at the end there and because i mean 
if, if you don't get caught up in, in that situation with your roommate at the end of your career, you're, you're a third, fourth round draft pick at the latest. Um, so talk about that because, you know, that's, that's, that's a big part of your story. And, and, and I think would be super helpful to a lot of the people that we got on here. Yeah, it's huge. So, you know, once, um, you know, when I went into, when I went into college, I, I was still relatively, um, what I would say or describe as innocent. Right. So, you know, I, I go out to University of Iowa, you know, and, um, you know, just being on a college football team was a surreal <laughs> reality to me. It was, it was, you know, you always hoped and dreamt of it, but then when you get there and you see the infrastructure and you see the resources and, you know, you see what you're actually a part of and what you've accomplished, and then you take it another step forward. Now you, I'm going into say the end of my redshirt freshman year and I've become to some degree the savior or, um, you know, people are, they know my name and, and, and I'm a, I'm a, you know, the offense revolves around me and, you know, I'm right. looked at as, 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 you know, a guy that has to touch the ball and everywhere I go, people know my name. And again, it, so now you talk about, now you talk about, there is this element that I wasn't prepared for, and that was stardom. And my my approach and, and my philosophy is and and has always been, if I'm good to you, if I do good by you, you know, my hope is that you my hope is that you'll do good by me, right? That's just that's how I was raised in the Greek community. It's all about people around you. Is is you always want to make everybody else happy and feel loved and, and benefit from your success and your, you know, you know, what you bring to the table, right? And so, as I was becoming a household name and and really a, a local celebrity within the state because of the way I performed on the field, uh, what started to happen was tons and tons of people and tons and tons of experience and things and and decisions things would unfold around me that I just hadn't anticipated or had any exposure to right it was right, right. whether it was you know tons and tons of you know women I started sleeping with tons and tons of women I started to you know go to dinners and for free that you know I started to people wanted to give me money you know right. life yep. became so easy and things started to present themselves that in all was due to the fact that I was a really good athlete. I made plays on the field. People knew my name. And so now I was faced with decisions on a daily basis um, that could lead to the demise of everything that I built, but I hadn't realized what was happening around me. And so I would go out and everybody would know my name and want to be around me. And then, you know, I started making friends with some, some people and that, you know, they love to, you know, indulge in extracurricular activities and women and drinking and drugs. And, you know, for a long time, it was, no, I'm here to, I'm, I'm drinking my Gatorade. I'm in my Letterman jacket and I'm, I'm, I'm a jock. That's who I am. Right. And then, and after a while, you know, you say no to, you say yeah to one thing, right. You say yeah. To all, man. Thing. And next thing you know, you know, we're, we're kicking, we're kicking ass every year. We're beating the majority of the big 10 teams. We're, you know, we're oh, yeah. people talk about, Hey, you, your teams were arguably the greatest Hawkeye teams and, and program history. Um, 
me and my quarterback became best friends. He came in the same year I did. You know, we would we would throw 100 balls in the summer. And we were we were set on. We had our mind set on, you know, taking over the program and um, and we worked to do that. And then the success brought a ton of temptation, right? So, um, you know, got caught up in uh, a lot of chaos, whether it was, um, you know, late nights, nights that never ended, going straight to Sunday film and, and run, you know, after, <laughs> hey, we're, we're, take, we're having our last beer at, you know, uh, seven, eight in the morning, transitioning right to practice. And there was yeah. time in my junior and senior year where I'd be wake, I'd be up. I'm, I'm sitting on the side of my bed. I got, you know, girls on the floor, alcohol and everything else around me. I'm like, when the, when did my life become this? How did this happen? You know, I'm still 18 years old in this state where, you know, I can't even go to class anymore. You know, then the sports illustrated thing happened and it was just like that took okay. off. So I ended up moving in. I was I was roommates with Adrian Claiborne. He was uh, me and him became mm -hmm. good friends, and uh, his mom moved into our house, and um, we got into a fight because I was you know having intercourse in the house, and his mom heard, and he came home drunk, punched my door down. I'm having such a friend. He jumps on me. He's starting. Not you know, the guy it, you want busting down your. Not, not the, not not, the guy not, you want busting down your door. Ab absolutely <laughs> not. Right. So and and not and not to mention he he's got you know beer muscles. He's he's fucking six three you know, 310 as it is, he comes home. <laughs> so we ended up falling out a little bit. So I got this, I got this crib, this real nice, this real nice crib on campus. And I, it's a three bedroom. So I'm having to pay this, this rent by myself. Well, my quarterback, uh, we would go out and there was this, you know, this kid, he said, Hey, I heard you, you know, I heard you had a vacancy in your place. You know, are uh, you looking for a roommate? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's pretty expensive though. It's like 1500 bucks, 1700 bucks a month or whatever. So yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, no problem. I, you know, so we started, I started to see him more and then he moves in. Right. Yeah. And he becomes a good friend of mine. And so, uh, you know, we, you know, we would, you know, after practice, you know, we'd have a couple beers and, you know, we, we, you know, we'd take an oxy, we'd hang out, you know, we were pretty standard. So, when we were living together, I'd say, you know, hey, Brady, you know, there's, I got a kind of got an inkling that something wasn't right. You know, you know how it is as a student athlete. You're gone. 6.30 in the morning, you got to go to lift. You know, you know, you're, you you got, then you're 2.30 kids, you're in special teams meeting, you got practice, and you got, I got 15 hours of study table I got to get in before the end of the week. So I'm right. running, I'm running. But when I was home, I kind of noticed, I'm like, people are stopping by, but they ain't staying real long. You know, and right. I, these are my friends. So, I said to him the other day, hey, you know, what's, uh, what, you know, are we, what's going on with, you know, are you dealing, are you selling? He's like, uh, you know, because, you know, everybody smokes, he smokes all day. You know, it's one right. thing to partake, it's another thing to distribute. Of so, course. Uh, he said, no, absolutely not. You know, so, all right, I just took his word for it, moved on and continued with my student athlete lifestyle. Yeah. And then, um you fast forward so now i've completed i've checked another box okay i've now completed five regular seasons and i've had the senior season i needed to have to get myself a combine invite um you know the magazines are you know, got me you know from rounds you know three to six life's gold and i've i'm i'm, I'm set it's i've did it it's, it's yep. happening. I got one game left. I got a bowl game left. That's it. 
I've had a 10 touch, 10, 10 touchdowns senior year, you know, nearly 50 catches and about 900 yards of which in the offensive system that Iowa ran at that time, which <laughs> was incredible. You know, the scouts are coming to practice all year. It's clear that, you know, Chicago talking about I'm, I'm high on their board. Um, Arizona, I'm hiring their board. Um, and in life, every single day was, was a dream, you know, things that were happening and the way my family was so proud. And I couldn't actually believe every day that I, I did it. I was making it, it was happening. It was happening. Yep. So December 7th, 2010, um, and, 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 and real quick, you know, we, we worked hard. We worked hard. We kicked a lot of tail on Saturday, but we also had a lot of fun. We had a ton of fun. We had, we had a ton of fun, uh, more fun than you can, you can probably imagine what you, you actually know exactly. How it is. But, <laughs> hey, you were, um, so you were, you were good at bouncing. I, I would have too much fun and I wouldn't be able to put the, yeah, I mean, on the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we were yeah. really good at that. You know, we, we worked yeah. hard. We kicked, we kicked tail. We, we, we dominated in the weight room and, uh, but we enjoyed ourselves when we could. Yeah. And so now I got everything behind me. It's December 7th, 2010 at about 11 o'clock in the morning. And um, I should have been in class that day, but I stayed home to clean my house because well, what happened was like all the underclassmen, they loved me. And I had this cool reputation of having these crazy parties. When we would travel on Friday, when we would stay in a hotel for the games, the young the underclassmen would have parties at my house on Friday night. When I got home, you know, Saturday, you know, whatever that game was, and then into Sunday, and then, you know, Monday, Tuesday, I got, okay, I was finally back to, you know, clear mine, and I'm going to clean my house and get my stuff together. I'll, I'll just take off class today and just stay home. And I stayed home, and about 10.30 in the morning, 11 o'clock, I heard, uh, a loud noise come from the front of my house and the way my house was set up was you remember you come into the living room then there's the kitchen and then my room's in that back room i hear this this loud noise come and i peek around the corner and there's 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 eight what looked like civilians and dressed in all black with their guns drawn and i i said hello get down on the ground you know all of a sudden from 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 that moment on um everything everything that I worked for. So we're not here for you. We're here for Brady. We heard he's been selling drugs out of his house. Um, you know, we're, we're not here for you. You know what I mean? And we're about to answer some questions. Fast forward four hours later, I'm facing six different drug charges, how running a drug house, all these different things. Um, I got no knowledge of, you know, you know, they're asked, where's he getting it? How does he, I have no idea. I'm t- I don't know. I'm telling you. So, so now at 9 a.m., my world and everything I had accomplished was perfect. It was my parents were proud. My hometown was proud. I was looked at by so many from my hometown. Anybody who knew me, such a success story. By 6 o'clock that day on ESPN, CNN, there's a ticker at the bottom. Darrell Johnson Koulianis arrested in Iowa City, uh, running a drug house, possession of all these different things. Um. I have oh, to call my, my parents and tell them this. My mom nearly fainted. My dad couldn't believe it. I didn't sleep that night. I have to go to court the next morning. The media, the tabloids, social media, 
the local news, Iowa news, the reporters, the everything. My life was flipped upside down in a blink of an eye. After the cops had uh, done their due diligence, uh, a couple of days later, everything was dropped. I ended up getting charged with possession of like a, a small amount of, you know, you know, some marijuana they found in my closet, but uh, everything was sort the, the of the, the damage the dam- was fucking the damage, damage was fucked. Was done. The I remember that. Done. I remember that day. Well, I remember that the day. Damage, well. The damage was done. It, it, there was this black cloud and my reputation that I had worked my entire. And this is how I always explain it to people, Grant. When you be, when when you want to become a doctor, right? You got to go to school for nearly twenty years, right? You've yep. got to to learn how to become a professional doctor. So imagine going to school to become a doctor for 20 years and 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 days before everything you've worked for, for 20 years is wiped away just like that, gone. Reputation ruined, draft, uh, stock ruined, not on any boards, taken off the boards, no combine invite, no pro day everything washed away and i've always been a good person and i've always done good by people and 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 then i had to deal with the reputation that people thought i was like a drug lord that i was doing import export around campus i couldn't even use a scale to weigh a i I wouldn't even know how to read it right so (laughs) there was this reputation this there not this reputation this you know people thought that and i had to deal with it i had to just accept it and I went, I went dark for a couple of years. I, I became the villain. I, I, I embraced it. I said, this is who people think I am. You know, this is what they think I am. Everything I've worked for is ruined. I had a tough time mentally. I had, I went into a dark, dark space. I didn't want to be around anybody. I started drinking and living wild and trying to blur my mind from the reality of what has actually happened. Right. It was a tra- travesty, bro. It was a nightmare. I couldn't I, 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 I think back. I think back to to that time, and 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 it, it's always it's always puzzled me because we've seen situations similar to this where you know, boom, jump happens, accusations are put out there. Turns out it's nowhere near what the accusations were. But then it seems like you know, okay, maybe maybe you don't get drafted. Uh, in the third to sixth round, maybe you don't even get drafted, but you end up getting picked up and, 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 and given a good opportunity to still, to still prove yourself. Like it just was always so fucking confusing to me because of the, because of the track record that you had going into that, uh, into that situation as to why it was such like a, from, from, you know, being, being the chosen one to, to being the, the guy thrown out back behind the bar. It was just like, damn, like, is, is somebody out here trying to like sabotage my guy? Cause like, I remember reading those things and I'm like, I, I don't know if you remember, but I called you, bro. And I was like, dude, like, just know that you got a friend here. And then know. I remember that. I'll never forget that, dog. I'll never forget that. I remember that. You knew what I was dealing with. You knew what I was going through. You knew what I was feeling. And you had to reach out to let me know. I, I support you, man. you. I know you're going through, you know, be tough through this. I got your back. I love you. You know, be strong. You're going to make it out the other side. I'll never forget that call. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I got chills just thinking about it. I'll never forget I, I that should... call. I'll never forget it. Something and a lot like- of people didn't do that because you know what happened, Grant? And this is this was another reason why I've always had tremendous respect for you. I always knew you were cut from the same cloth and wired the same way, like us kids from Youngstown to Camel and the Greek. Like you 
understood exactly what I was facing and how people were treating me, but you knew the real me. And you said, rather than indulge in, wow, what an idiot, fucked up. You know, you knew like, bro, I'm here for you. You know, you know, you you knew my character. You knew that shit wasn't true, you know, and and just reaching out, that, that meant a lot to me. And that also solidified my idea of who you are as a person. And I've always had respect from you from prior to that but even more so after that moment because even some of my best friends that I had my entire life right they 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 switched up on me they enjoyed all the fruits of my labor when it was it was a party but when it went down they switched sides on me they turned their back on me they weren't there to support me in my darkest moment right well, and, that that. Fucked, and that it changed me, Grant. It, and that's why I was saying, I, I got to worry about myself. And, and, and then I said, after I had some dark times, I said, I've, be, I've been built for, I've been trained for this. My entire life has been adversity. I'm not right. about to, I'm not about to fold. I said, this is going to be the ultimate test for you. God is testing you right now. How are you going to respond to this? You can fold, go away, never be seen, or you can pick yourself back up, face this shit, attack adversity, and become something. And and after I went through that phase of being, accepting the villain and and embracing it, and I woke up and I said, this isn't who I am. I I can't let this be how this story ends. My parents, I was so sick for them. I was so sick for my family, for all they had done for me for everything they sacrificed for me, for how hard I worked to get to where I was, from where I came from, I had the odds stacked against me to get so close and for it to go down that way, bro. It was, I can't explain, I can't put into words how deflating, how horrible I felt. I just, there's no words. There's, it it still seems like it was a nightmare, but then I found I, I dug deep, bro. I dug deep. I said, you're going to have to go back. You're going to have to go back to high school. You're going to have to rebuild your reputation one step at a time. And it's not going to be an overnight fix. It's going to take a decade. And guess what it took me to get to this position? Right. A decade, a decade to rebuild my brand, to outwork everybody, to go back to coaching junior high school, high school, so that coaches who were my my superiors and my bosses would say every time the next opportunity would come and I pursued it they would say all I know is I know what people say and read about this kid but all I've seen is him outwork everybody in our program every day for two years or a year he mows yep. along he coaches the JV team he knows the offense the best he's the first to come he's the last to leave the parents love him he knows football in and out and I just had to do a good job. I had to work tons and tons of jobs. I was fucking mowing lawn. I was mowing golf courses. I was delivering oh, water. I was working construction. I was doing all these things, all these. I had 30, 40 jobs over like a eight-year span. I would just <laughs> quit because I would just be like, fuck this, man. I would get so right. mad. I was in this position, you know. And people would always find out like where I worked these crazy jobs, like who I was. And they'd be like, oh, how, how are you here? Like, you know, they, right. it, it was, it was this crazy dynamic, but I had Groundhog's to, Day. and then 
I was told no so much, bro. Forget the NFL piece. Nobody would hire me as a coach when it was the first five or six. I had to navigate so many challenges. I had to scheme and work. And and, and I took, got told no over 300, 400 times trying to get into this industry. And now I'm in a position where you talk about current day, I've got a fiance, two beautiful boys, we just built a house. I'm, I'm an offensive coordinator for a college football program. You want to talk about resilience and overcoming adversity. I, nobody can talk to me about that. Nobody can tell me anything in regards to that because it's hard enough in this industry. Yep. And to be able to overcome what I had to overcome by myself, no, the, the Mooney connections, the youngster, none of that shit played a part in this journey post yep. that incident. I had to grind myself back to this spot. And that's why every single day I'm grateful. And my kids were my motivation. My girls, my motivation, my family's my motivation. And, and really Youngstown prepared me for that daunting task, that, that, that mountain I had to, to overcome. I had to push through. I had to keep myself motivated, persevere, not give up, right? Stay the course. Believe I mean, blind conviction, bro. And every time I would feel sorry for myself, when I would feel sorry for myself, I would be like, you're from Youngstown. This is, you were born for this. You, 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 you come from the struggle. Right. And uh, all those character traits showed through and got me in this position. And I'm grateful uh, to be able to tell my story a lot of times. And, and there are so many other things, so many other different phases of my life, you know, that we haven't touched on. Oh man, yeah, we could. That, <laughs> so we could, you know, people that people would say when you when I hear about your story or or you tell it, it's almost like there's no way, they they don't believe it. They're like you you live two lives. There's so yeah. many dynamics at play, um, and I've always felt that I was, I was gifted in a way that, you know, I I felt I was I could morph into whoever I needed to, to become right I was right. because of my upbringing being from the projects and the east side of Youngstown to being adopted to a you know a, a orthodox Greek fan all those things have created who I am that's what yeah. makes me who I am I can I'm comfortable in any environment you know I I can adapt to anything I'm and I'm blessed that everything is unfolded the way it has I really am. And it's made me stronger. And that's why I feel like there's no challenge out there that I can't face, bro. There's no, yeah, I've been, I mean, that's I've, been through some shit. I've been through some things and, and, uh, and what I try to do is, you know, we talked to you, you said earlier is I try to use my experiences and this would, I think, which makes me a, a unique coach is I've seen, I've been, I've done it. It gives me instant credibility. I played at the highest level. Right. Um, you know, I've come from the struggle. I've been also, I can, you know, my, my, my background allows me to be able to relate to the kids that, you know, have two parents at home and, and have stability. Right. And then and yep. the kids from the projects and the inner city kids and the black kids, and then they, you know, they rock with me. So yep. the understanding of the different dynamics and how to communicate with them and find their why and, and be able to relate to them. It's really made me a really, really, really powerful coach. It's really empowered me. And that's where I think Grant, this was the plan all along, bro. I think so this too, was man. The plan all along. This was the plan all along. It's a the, how things unfold and 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 how I feel every day, being able to impact and influence aspiring student athletes and to see the way they respond to me, 
it's 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 a better feeling than I ever felt playing the game of football. I promise you. And I could That's have never true. imagined that going through the game, playing in the game. Right. This role, this position of being able to use what has happened to me in my journey in my life and help these guys navigate everything that they're going to face in this experience as a student athlete and how to prepare them for success, how to prepare them for, for failure, how to prepare them for adversity, right? How to prepare them for success and what's going to happen when you have success and how you've got to be able to stay the course, make good decisions because I made decision to let a guy who's partakes in some things that was that the right decision? No. You know, that ultimately, you know, though every decision you make as you grow and get closer to success, you've got to keep people close to you that are going to help you. And I went out there and I distanced myself a little bit from my family. So that played a part in, in the, in the, in the horrible decision. They didn't know who Brady was, you know, they just know it. There's just so many factors that, that, that play a part. And that's, what's made me have the success in this return to glory, if you will. And, and I feel good about it every day. And I feel like, you know, the story is what it is for 36 years, but we've got a lot more to accomplish. We've oh, got it. You feel oh, me? Yeah. I do feel you, man. And, and, and I'll tell you, man, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a privilege to, to, to be a friend of yours and see this journey and, and, and feel, feel those feelings you have from, from afar and just know like what it, what it means to, to go through those experiences and then to see you pick yourself up off the mat and and turn your life into something extremely positive and 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 flip that story around to to help others is just I mean that's what it's all fucking about and it's funny that you know you you capped it off with how you you know relate with your players and but you started with talking about how you know coaches or, or programs or organizations looked at you you know sideways because of those things and and the only thing the first thing that came to my mind was is like this is the guy I want. This is the guy who's seen it all. This is the guy that's going to be able to talk to talk, walk the walk, and be able to right. communicate what what the traps are that exist out there for for these guys and and, and right. you know and, and right. search right. Search and girls. And so, like, man, it's just it's it's really what this platform is all about. It's about hearing these stories and hearing how you know you go through adversity and like you know it's cool to hear the stories about the people who played in the league for years. But these are the real stories. These are the more relatable stories. These are the things that that most people are experiencing and, and really not even, not even your story because yours is so fucking crazy. And the fact of, of your early childhood and then, and then, you know, getting hooked up with the Kulianas family and, and the whole Greek scene. And then the, everything we talked about and then going to Iowa and having this exorbitant success and then to be right on the precipice and to have that taken away. I'm, I mean, I, I, I don't know of many other people, maybe, maybe performing artists outside of athletes that can, that can relate with, with what that means to, to yep. be on the precipice of that and to have that taken away. Like, I, I feel I feel a, a pit in my stomach just thinking about it because of we all know what it takes and what is what was dedicated to get to that point. Um, and then, you know, you're talking about, you know, that 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 time after because we're all we all go through those things where we're facing those demons like, well, am, am I am I this person? Like, right. No, I mean, right. You're not that you're not you're not that person. You're that that situation was what it was like. We're, we're bad decisions made on all fronts. Absolutely. But we've all fucking made them. Does that mean that you deserve to have a dream ripped away from you? No, it doesn't. But that's fucking life. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't care. And it comes for us all. And I think the important thing that you you, you kept saying is, is this is this determination and this in this this uh, infrastructure that you had from from again, from your early childhood, but also from being an athlete that whole time. You're like, you know what? Like, no, like I know how to fucking fight this. I know what this this takes. And this takes me fucking taking my shirt off and chesting up and, and, and saying you're not going to fucking beat me. 
Um, and, and, you know, proof's in the pudding, man. The proof's in the pudding because your life could have very, very easily gone the exact opposite way. You know what I mean? Like, and so my, my message is, you know, my message to, you know, like when, when I think about when I want to share with, there's something I want to leave with, with my guys is, is, you know, things aren't going to go as planned, right? You're going to have setbacks in life. I don't care what you're doing, whether it's, you're, you're a football coach, uh, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a mechanic, you're a businessman, uh, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, inevitably, you're going to have a setback. The key is, how do you respond to those events, right? Do you put your tail between your legs and hide and make uh, excuses, okay? Or do you pick yourself up, all right? You say, I'm not going to let this beat me. I'm not going to let this be the way uh, my life is defined. And you have to attack it. You have to attack it. You have to attack it. You have to respond. um, And you have to work diligently every single day. um, And you can't fake it, right? There there was, made my mind up. I made my mind up. You know, when, you know, I had my girl, she's, you know, she was well accomplished. She was a you know, a head women's basketball coach at a division three institution. She was, you know, played softball, Villanova. She was a athletic assistant athletic director, senior woman's compliance coordinator. She was very, very well accomplished. And she took a, she gan you know, not a gamble, but she, she had belief that. She saw you. She seen, she knew it. She was like, this guy has something special to him. And um, she believed in me. And, and that's why I'm so happy that, you know, we've been able to create the life together because, um, you know, based on some of the things I was up against, like I said, in the, in the early stages of uh, trying to rebrand and rebuild myself, it was not looking good, right? Okay. It was not looking good because it was just the stigma was there, bro. It was there and, uh, and, and it was just so hard knowing who I truly was and, and to see, you know, just to get my the door shut so many times, so many times. And, and then, you know, to finally have a breakthrough. And then as I got closer to getting to where I wanted to get to, I got even more uh, dedicated and I got even more disciplined and I got even more, I worked even harder. And then um, in, in last June, you know, to be able to be named the offensive coordinator at an institution near home that I've been able to capitalize on recruiting uh, because of, you know, my relationship and, and the relationships that I've forged, you know, with all the people who've helped me reach this point, it's, it's all come full circle. And I think, um, you know, like I said, I just, I'm, I'm just very blessed to be in this position. I've, I've got a, a, an incredible support system at home with, with Kayla and her parents and, and my parents and my kids. And uh, I don't take it for granted, you know, for, as, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm Lincoln Riley in Southern California every day. I get <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? I, and I fully, I fully expect to, to, to get that news when, when the Ascension continues, which, which you inevitably will. Stay tuned, my boy. Hey, I already know, bro. You already know it's love. And, and like I said, I, I can't appreciate you enough for, for getting on here and sharing your story. Um, I think it's a super powerful one. I think it's going to have a, a, a large impact on a lot of people that are listening to this. Um, I would love to. I would love to get you on a time where we could see your face, so that so that people could actually see what it's like to be with DJK. Because yeah, let's run it back soon, bro. I enjoyed this a lot. Hey, 
thanks again for sticking around for another episode. If you guys are looking for more information, please visit us at our website at consciousathletics.net and or Instagram at consciousathletics. As always, thanks to our sponsor, Be Cool, Be Smart, Be Alive, teaching our youth their rights and how to de-escalate. For more information, please visit BeCooler.org.